welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. Tis the season to get glammy. I'm nominated for two 2023 Glam Awards for Best Podcast and Best Writer Blogger, and I need your help to win. Once again, both categories are in the People's Choice voting, so the public will determine who wins. All you need to do is go to glamawards.net, click the tab for People's Choice, and vote. You might only be allowed to use your email once, so you better tell all your friends, family, enemies, hell, even tell your biggest rival, the lip sync assassin, and that damn golden beaver. And I repeat, tell everyone. Oh, and while you're at it, visit my Instagram and click the link tree to find out how you can support the pod by donating or buying merch. And as always, follow me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter slash X at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for its news, reviews, and interviews. It popped off. Eight queens entered, six queens remain. So who got to move on and who was the victim to the lip sync? It's time to talk all things Canada's Drag Race 4. And joining me is someone who we will learn if splits run in the family from the royal house of Nuff, it's tan enough. How are you? I am alive and I cannot do the splits. <laughs> no, you can't? Uh, no. Sissy hasn't taught you how to do a split. No, I've asked her for years. I I, const- I ask her, I ask her, I ask, and they're always like, you have to stretch. Like, it's just and genetic for you two, isn't it? Wow. God. Yeah. Family. I love them. Love them. <laughs> love them to death. All right, friends, let's just give the disclaimer now. As always, I must leave a disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality TV show characters as presented to us through reality of production. We are shown what the editing of a television show wants us to see. We react to what is presented. Yes, these are real people that have given the opportunity to go on television to share their craft, but they've also put themselves in the position to be discussed. What is said on the podcast is for entertainment to discuss a reality television show. So, um, Nira, if you're listening, your sister's being as kind as possible, but she's got to be critical. <laughs> now this must be a very special situation for you watching nira on tv it actually it's so weird i don't even know if it's set in yet i like watch mm. it and i'm so excited for her because... now it's, we don't love it we, we don't need to go into anything you're not allowed to sh- but obviously you probably were one of the few people who knew things ahead of time maybe i don't know (laughs) maybe because when i was trying to fish for information you were you were zip lips so good good job uh tana um i was like i know but you know i know and that's great but it's 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 always exciting seeing some a familiar face but having it be like a drag family member is it even more special I mean, well, th- we've obviously, we've had a few people on before that I, I know, like, I, I knew Chaos, I sort of knew Stephanie, like, and, like, that was always wild, seeing people that I, I kind of knew in passing, but, like, obviously, like, Nira is one of the closest people to me in my life, but I've also known Aurora for, like, eight years. Mm-hmm. We have, um, we have mutual friends, and we, uh, we've had, like, a Snapchat streak since we were probably 18, or I guess I was. I love that. Um, 
So and you're only I, 21 it, now, like, so it's great. Yeah, and I, I'm only 11. Um, seeing, like, two of... I mean, I, I love Aurora so much, and, like, I love my sister, and seeing them together is so crazy. And, like, it, it's just... I'm so, like, elated for them, and they both deserve it so much. And, oh, having to... If you, the thought of them having a lip sync against each other is like my biggest anxiety. <laughs> of course, absolutely. Now, obviously, when the show is filming, you probably have a lot of anxiety. You want to know everything, but you can't know anything. When Nira returned, yeah, did you ask for the tea, or did it just get spilled because that's what sisters do? <laughs> I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't know anything. She didn't of course not. You just you don't know anything. Of course not. That's that's the answer we're looking for. Um, just we're playing pretend here. Um, we got to make <laughs> sure that's the truth. But no, I I, I think I'm sure because that's just how television works and people know things, especially in the drag community. Um, it must be hard to be around someone and want to know all the information, knowing that she can't say shit. Yeah, I mean. Obviously, she got back and it was like, so much anxiety was lifted, but then so much more was added because now she's back and we all have to keep this secret. Mm -hmm. And honestly, now that we don't have a secret to keep, it's not, it's like, maybe that's why it hasn't hit for me yet. I'm like, I still want to keep secrets. It's so fun. Yeah. Now, obviously, seeing your sis, your friend, does it feel weird watching people discuss them do you feel do you get um like you want to protect them i mean when it first started uh like promos i i i did watch every single review of the promos and i was everyone was coming after nira's little little skirt moment and i was like what are you guys talking about this is the most incredible look ever and then the funny thing was that she was like I don't know why everyone's coming after my skirt. And then she put the look on for a viewing party. And she's like, it's so much longer than it looks in the picture. And then she realized that um, production had pinned up her skirt so she could walk around. <gasps> and they had forgotten to unpin it. So it is longer. That's but insane. I think Nira kind of flew under the radar for the first few episodes. And I think that was kind of a mm -hmm. blessing in disguise because... As soon as the Amy Nero fight happened, I got so protected. <laughs> as you should. Now we'll we'll go through it. We will we have some opinions to share. Is the Nero we see on TV the Nero you know from home? Yes, she. The, I, I, yeah, I would say honestly, like the, she hasn't really produced herself in any way like she is so good at like creating a story and as i would say honestly a lot of the time like a lot of the comments she makes are clearly jokes and i don't know if that's editing or if it's just the way that it's coming across but like there are a few comments that she's made that i think people are seeing as like super shady but it's all it's it's it, she loves to take little jabs that are fully for like a joke um right but i will say her voice sounds different I don't know what it is. She sounds so Canadian. She sounds so ah, Canadian. So it's wild. All right. Well, let us go through the episode. Luna has left the building. Aurora has mixed emotions. Her Toronto sis is gone. Now, Luna says that none of them will be shadier than her. Is that true? 
Is it possible no. to be shadier than Luna? No. I mean, that's fair. We saw people be shadier than her this episode, but I love her. Yeah. Aurora is congratulated on her epic lip sync. She is feeling good as this is what she does. She came alive and hopes that she showed all of them. And Denim says that none of them want to lip sync against her. A slight tease of what is to come. Melinda will tell Aurora that knowing her performing skills, she knew her performing skills would turn it out. But now Amy, sweet Amy, she's curious how she decided to get Kiki to be saved again, as she didn't see that coming. So Melinda will say that there was no scenario in her head that she would not honor what Kiki did, and Kiki is grateful for her decisions. So let's cut to confessional where Miss Near Enough, her to her, well, she says that now there is a tacky thing with Melinda and Kiki where it's friendship and love, and she says she's over it. She finds it annoying and doesn't think she is here to win just for a good time interesting statement now i had a listener come to me and be like that is not words that she said in one full sentence that had to have been a frankenstein edit i mean i i know my sister because it contradicts she, things she's she gonna say later say that she could have said that but who knows i i mean it also could have just been her thinking about the competition in the moment that's fair because we oh, will talk is. about um, Nira and alliances later on this episode. Let's talk about this next big twist. It's the first time that they're having a slay off. Speaking of slaying, what ha- happened to that slaycation show? Oh my god! Yeah, when did where did, did that happen? No. Oh, rip. Yeah, I guess I, so. I, well, we never even got confirmed queens for that, so no. Well, the girls are ready to shine up their dancing shoes as it's about to get really fucking fierce. Amy says she has to learn how to split, and we have learned that you do not know how to split. But that's okay. Despite saying this, she is excited. Kitten is shitting bricks, though. She knows she doesn't have the same tricks as some of the queens. If she does a death drop, she is not getting back up. Same girl. I understand that. I got brittle bones. How are you at the art of lip sync and, and what makes a good lip sync? I think being able to captivate an audience is definitely like the, the main thing or be able to tell a story. But I, I feel like when it comes to drag race, I have a lot more strengths lying in challenges than in lip syncs. Mm-hmm. But I think as soon as I heard Tana the time has come for you to lip sync for your life, some sort of spirit's going to take over me and I'm going to be able to do a split. Absolutely. I might not get back up, um, but... Right, you might um, go to the hospital, but it's okay. It was for good TV. It's okay. They'll say, Tana if you're safe, you can get off the floor. And I'll say, I can't. I can't. <laughs> well, we'll find out. Can you rely on dancing? Will your synthetic wig give the give? And can Aurora tell a joke? I guess we'll find out soon. <laughs> can Aurora tell a joke? Not based on Snatch Game. Well, a new day has come, and the queens are all stretched out. Meanwhile, Melinda is feeling electric and tired. She is ready to peel off another layer and surprise. But first, time to talk about what's to come. Kiki is excited as she can finally perform. And Denim says they're all performers. It's what they do. Though Venus says some better than others. Shade but tea. 
I mean, yeah. Eagle mentioned that she doesn't want to lip sync Aurora, Nira, and Melinda. Not the trio that I thought she was going to mention. I couldn't tell who she was pointing at. Not gonna lie. I like I knew it was. I I I had to watch it a couple times. She did the circle. She did the circle thing, and, I, and it was the three of them who were in that trio. I think it was like kitten was to the left, and I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Is she secretly like well, an assassin? Maybe. Nira tells us that she is a dancing diva. You're the sis. Is she telling the truth? I have actually never seen a better performer in my life. Never. Uh, never. That's uh, the, uh, I. I keep seeing comments saying that people want to see Nira go up against Sasha Colby, and I I think that is the team. Let's see it. Nira says that she knows some of the girls are not so. The trash will take itself out to itself out. Um. Okay, she 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 thinks that some of the girls are trash. Now I gotta <laughs> ask, do you think this is part of her character on the show, or is this just the stress of the pressure cooker? Because there have been some people and some listeners who think she's a bit bratty. Is that the authentic near enough experience? Uh she is the most lovable brat. She... Hey, that's that's a good thing. I mean, I love brats are fun. We love brats. And there, she she collects them. She loves them. She loves the brats doll. Oh my god! Does she have the sugar and spice brats? No, but she has the Kylie Jenner ones. Um, of course she does. I I, I think when it comes to lip syncing, she is so confident for good reason that I, mm-hmm. I I I think it's not unfounded for her to make those comments. And I feel like it was probably meant in a less shady way, but you know what they do. That's oh, absolutely. Now Venus is spotting a note. Who could it be from? Well, she reads, you better work. See you soon, Winnie Harlow. Are you familiar with the work of Miss Winnie Harlow? I watched her season of America's Next Top Model. Uh, and for those who don't know, this is her second time appearing on a drag race as she was on the American version. Was? That makes sense. Oh, yeah, she, she was. was. But I got to ask, of all the challenges on drag race, why is this the one she came for? Um, uh... <laughs> I'm surprised she showed up. Good for her. She she's like paycheck. Thank you. I love drag. Yeah. The alarm I, sounds heard, and ruse. Yeah, go ahead. I've heard things about her. Not oh, from boy. anyone that was on Drag Race. Just that she might not be the best work in real life. Yeah. The alarm sounds. Ruse message reminds them that they need to know the words. Hit the splits and show them what's up. Let's get ready for the slay off. They're not going to be greeted by one of our friendly co-hosts. Why do you think we did not see that in the edit? Was it possible that it was cut, or did they just move on with the day and say, "Go get ready, we got a show to do"? I didn't even notice. Um, <clears throat> honestly, it's probably because like they had a certain amount of time that they could have everyone together. Probably they were like, "We can only have Winnie Harlow for this long. Let's she'll write a little note. Yeah. She's here already. Girls, get into drag." Literally. <laughs> They will be performing all day and they can't wait. What is the maximum amount of hours you can perform in a day? What What is your max out? I think if I have a break in between, I can probably go for 14 hours. So you can do like a brunch, break, two night gigs? Yeah, I mean, I've done it before. I'm very tired at the end of the day, but I, I just, I love performing. So I'm just happy to be booked. <laughs> I love that. Kiki reminds us that there are a lot of stunt queens there, but it's not all about stunts. 
which I've been saying forever, it, this is drag race. You got to be able to show a diversified portfolio, both on the stage and the wardrobe. Aurora tells us that with her style of performing, she used to not stretch before. She learned the hard way of hurting herself by bruising her heel and was unable to dance for a period of time. Have you ever gotten a drag injury that caused you to have to sit out for some time? I don't, I don't think I have actually, but I, I don't, I don't do the, the crazy stuff. I have like way too much foresight to even attempt any of any, any sort of tricks in a situation where I could hurt myself. I know that uh, there was a while where Nira just would not listen to me. This is maybe the maddest I've ever been at her. She tore a hole in her hamstring. And That's was not still splitting. No, and it was uh, the size. I think she said it was the size of a baseball. Oh, God. And we'd, we would start a show, and she'd be like, okay, I'm not going to do a split tonight. And then 15 minutes later, she would do a split and look at me, and I'd be like, girl, girl you know I'm mad at you already, but this is your body. You only get one. Like, <laughs> Right. I, right. <laughs> and then I would ream her out a little bit, but. She's and you're the older sis, right? Heck, yes, I, yeah, I'm. Uh, a year or two older than her. Yes, yes, yes. And there it is. Drag math, it's hard. Yeah, well, I mean, technically, yeah, I've, I was in the family before her, but she did start drag before me. Gotcha. Now, Miss Kitten will remind y'all that when you get older, you have to be careful as you don't quite repair the same as you used to. I know that for sure. Oh my God. The music that comes out of my knee when I walk up the stairs. Crick, crack, crack. So we're going to randomly topic change with no context. And I hate when Drag Race does that, especially when we're getting into a very important conversation. Um, as Denim says that she has a complicated relationship to their body. Obviously she is trans and has worked really hard to have the body they have now. They stabbed themselves with a needle for nine years and learned to love their body as a man before going back to the hyper-feminine drag. Denim says they are doing this person and character, but always gets to come home to their body that feels like home. And I think that was really well put, because we don't necessarily get to hear that kind of perspective. Um, and just that statement, I think, is a really, really powerful thing for um, other people in the similar experience to hear. I mean, I, I think it's definitely like, I, I've watched like No Gorge and all the stuff with Gottmik and them talking about how doing drag so much was starting to kind of give them dysphoria because they were so femme all the time that they like needed right. to start taking breaks and and just like being Kate again and I, I think that's so valid you work so hard to get to a certain place and then success as great as it is it can kind of get in the way of that because you're sitting in something that kind of makes you uncomfortable and you don't always get to right. decide when you get like get a break. Right. So. And and I think what she said also is important for the viewers and, and fans and even just the regular uh, stragglers who watch the show to understand why as a trans mass person, they feel comfortable and okay doing hyper feminine drag and why no one should be questioning it. It's their decision. It's yeah, their exactly. body. It's their it's up to them. And I, I really think this is one of those moments where it was like, Mike drop, I told you how it is and we can move on. It, it was, they're such, they're so well-spoken. It's incredible. Yeah. 
I love them. Venus says drag made things complicated for their body. They are very skinny and became hyper fixated on it and felt that she needed to maintain the thinness to feel like Venus. Kiki states that there is a certain kind of look that people want of you, but at the same time, are you happy? Are you feeling great? Venus reminds everyone that just because you are skinny doesn't mean you are healthy. She had a disorder of the eating type where she would skip meals and go to gigs lightheaded. She would not have energy but felt the battle of upkeeping the image. She got very lost within herself and couldn't pull herself out of that place. She says she had a moment where she didn't know where she was heading in her life and if she wanted to even be there. She knew it was okay to feel this way and has now allowed herself to sit with it instead of uh, torturing herself and show herself kindness. She has now developed healthy habits and feels strong. Let's let let let's be real. The, the the gay community, the queer community, not always the kindest when it comes to people's body types. Um, yeah. There are definitely people who are on the bigger side who get mocked, and there are people who are skinny who get um, ridiculed if they say they have eating disorders or anything of the type. So I think there's probably a group of people watching the show laughing at what venus said and that is completely unfair and wrong but yeah what she said is something i think a lot of people are not brave enough to discuss because it is actually a real thing yeah i it's uh, it's it's actually kind of wild how much the focus on eating disorders and disordered eating is swayed towards plus size people which is entirely valid like that's mm-hmm. that's a struggle that's something but when it comes down to people who are on the opposite end of the spectrum i think it's often kind of pushed out of the way because people think that because you're conventionally the size that is like something that people aspire to be that you have to be happy with yourself and the way you look but in the gay community specifically it's disgusting the way that we mm-hmm. talk about each, or that people talk about each other's bodies the way that fans talk about the girls on drag race drag race's bodies like right. i i know that's something i'm scared of going into if i ever get on i i don't pad i i like to kind of represent for a body type in that a lot of women have that's not the most curvaceous it's very straight up and down but I think it's beautiful, and I, I like to represent for that. Absolutely. Now, when it comes to the conversation was she was having about needing to upkeep a certain image when it came to drag, do you, do you find a lot of drag artists have that same mentality of, well, this is what I'm supposed to look like in drag, and if I stray from it, then I'm not that drag persona? I, th- I think so many people. It's a brand, first off. Like, you have to... Yeah kind of think of yourself as a brand and like i i often i i've branded myself as i i try and kind of give a certain body type and when my weight fluctuates i i have moments where i kind of freak out because i make a lot of what i wear so if something doesn't fit me anymore if i bought something that was super expensive and it's getting tight like right it does freak me out because i i enjoy part of my brand being that i think i turn some pretty fierce looks and if i have to start making bigger things or smaller things it's a lot more work when i i like to take my time with projects and if i fluctuate a little too much i might need to speed up the process in making something or ordering things or stoning or it's um 
I mean, it's freaky. Like, yeah, I definitely understand that mentality. And I think a yeah, lot it's of girls definitely... are scared to not wear pads or to wear pads or to corset or not to corset. And it's, I don't know, it's always a battle. You never want to stray too far from your brand, but it's hard to grow if you can't. Absolutely. And I think with the, with Venus, she very much is someone who part of the brand is to show her incredible body. So yeah. it is another added pressure of, oh my God, they're going to look at me and stare at me and judge what I'm wearing. Maybe I gained a pound. Oh my God. I, I understand where I, it's hard. And it is kind of brave to talk about it in Drag Race because you know that there is a part of the fandom that's going to mock it. And yeah. I think it's, again, it's not okay. It should not happen. And I'm I'm really glad Venus put words to it. I agree. I think it's an entirely necessary conversation to have. Yeah. Now, Kitten will come back to the older conversation, saying that there is a lot more work involved. She says she used to be naturally pretty, and Aurora's like, you're still pretty fishing for those compliments but kitten jokes that when she was younger she could wear as little makeup as venus and venus is like i see my future um yeah listen we know that once you get to a certain age you do have to slap on a couple more layers uh so i understand i mean you're another one it's just so so youthful so beautiful and when you get to uh your 30s you'll be like oh my god a wrinkle and and it's over and uh, but it's fine it, it'll, it'll be okay tana i promise you look the girls like to pretend that venus and i don't wear a lot of makeup but little do you know i have i have a spackle kit i'm literally I'm you're like look at my bank account look at look at my bank account i paid for makeup <laughs> Look at my vanity. I have too much makeup. I just bought more. I use the product. It is well. main stage time, <laughs> where Brooklyn has turned into her own version of Gem and the Holograms. I lived that hair was eighties. This was a good look. It was. She's been turning Our some great looks, paneling? but this one was just good. <laughs> Our panel includes Brad Goreski, Tracy Melcher, and Winnie Harlow looking stunned. But let's just get it over with. It's a slay-off time. Our competitors make their way to the stage as they will soon learn the rules as one will be named the winner and two queens will be sent home in a double elimination. Now, thanks to the magic of editing, we learn that this is a bracket tournament where... It will happen in three rounds. If you win the first lip sync, you automatically advance. If you lose, you automatically will be in the bottom and up for elimination. And yes, the Golden Beaver will come into play, but we will get to it. Each of the names are in the bowl that Winnie holds. She will get to pick a name and they will get to select a song because they said, Winnie, you do something. We don't want to put our hand (laughs) in a bowl. Nira tells us that she is using the strategy of picking off the girls who can't dance. What did you think of the strategy and what would your strategy be? I mean, we're sisters for a reason. I would do the exact same thing. It's like when they just did the one on um, 15 and uh, Malaysia. No, whoever picked Spice. They were like, that was such a shitty move. I was like, I would have done the same thing. Gets me. It gets me to a safe the spot faster. Okay. Absolutely, because again, th- this was a different setup than we've previously had, which is terrifying. Yeah, the first round songs are "That Don't Impress Me Much" by Shania Twain. "I'm Not Here to Make Friends" by Sam Smith, Jesse Reyes, and Calvin Harris. 
Uninvited by Alanis Morissette, and Fever Dreamer by S.G. Lewis, Charlotte Day Wilson, and Chanel Channel Trace. If you got to pick first, what song would you have selected? Um, I, going into it, the only one I actually knew was that Don't Impress Me Much. I think I would 100% choose that. I mean, I'm a, I'm a country girl. I'm not, but I'm from Calgary, so I have to know country songs. Uh, of course, of course. It's a classic. Shania is an icon. And I don't know. I think I have some good outfits that would go well with that if I had the foresight to know. So obviously with Candace Drag Race, part of the regulations when it comes to the show is Canadian representation. So the music has to be by, or feature at least, a Canadian artist. Because yes. when Can I said Sam, Sam Smith is like, what, 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 what? That, 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 that person is not from Canada. They don't go here. <laughs> uh, so essentially, even when we had um, the Nikki Justin Bieber lip sync, you just have to have the name of the title. Um, yeah, basically, I th- I believe that the reason that they were allowed to use that song or that they use that song is because the one of the main producers is Canadian. Gotcha. Um, okay. I know that we're really strict with, like, it's called CanCon. Um, and it's basically like, I think every 10 songs that play on the radio, two of them have to be by Canadian artists. But Canada's okay. Drag Race and UK and Down Under all are like, let's only do artists from here. And I kind of hate it. <laughs> Now, All you, of the you, good Canadian songs I wanted are done. You're you're a pretty hip person. Um, I asked this question during the girl group challenge, and, and I don't think I got an answer, and I still can't find an answer. Has there ever been like a really famous girl group from Canada? No, no, no. All right, we gotta no. change that. We gotta make that happen. Sort of. No Spice Girls, no Pussycat Dolls, nothing of the Canadian sort. We we had um. I don't remember what their name was, but they I, they were on the Freaky Friday soundtrack, and they were from Vancouver, oh, okay. and they were like slated to be huge, and then something happened. I watched a TikTok about it. As it does. <laughs> Let's see how the names are going to shake out. Denim is selected first and goes with "I'm Not Here to Make Friends." This is her way to show off her performance style. Next is Melinda Varga, who goes with Shania. She is from Alberta and needs to represent country music. Also, did you love how that strand of hair just flopped down as she was standing in her power pose? It, uh, iconic. She's mothering. We're, we're, we'll talk about Melinda a lot this episode, but are you ready for Melinda Varga's drag race? Baby, I'm competing. There you are. There it is. <laughs> Next, we have Venus, who selects Uninvited as she doesn't want to lose her breath. Aurora picks I'm Not Here to Make Friends, which means it is our first pairing, Aurora versus Denim. Did you think alliances were supposed to be honored, or was this the right move for Aurora? I mean, I think that she, as much as she wanted to honor that alliance, I think that was the song that she wanted. And I, I would probably do the same thing. If there was a song I knew I could turn out and my friend was also doing it, I'd be like, sorry, girl. It's not personal. It's time it's, frame. It's drag. It's drag. <laughs> it's time for Amy Yance Chanel to give us a pick, and she wants Fever Dreamer. She wants the universe to bring one of the bitches against her. Be careful what you wish for, because universe, it's your turn to do the drama. Nira picks 
fever dreamer because she knows how to make good television. She has unfinished business and has come back for seconds. Let's fight. Now, obviously, fate was on our side here. Yeah, I I mean, I asked her after the episode, I was like, did they tell you to do that? She said, no, I, I, I had unfinished business. I wanted to make sure I was the winner. I was like, period. It's really interesting. Obviously, I go week by week. I, I analyze the show in a way that most people don't because I'm that crazy person. <laughs> We had seen a lot of animosity coming from the QVC challenge between Amy and Nira. And obviously something happened in that challenge that really, really continued to escalate. But we as viewers didn't get to see it. I'm glad you picked up on that. Um... I brought this up at the viewing party, actually, but I, I was told that some things are left on the cutting room floor for a reason. So, of course, because like my my concern is the way that the edited version of the show came out, it almost feel felt like they were trying to pin some like microaggressions on Mira, and I was like, that's not probably what happened because between her and Luna, they were just like attacking her, and I was like, but the, but, but that's that's not the outcome. I mean, Amy did it to her herself. I mean. I I don't know if I know the whole story, but of what I know, it definitely, it was uh, a that back was and forth. It wasn't one-sided. And it was not, fair. actually, it was a back and forth between three people, so. And that's why we love Drag Race, and when everyone has their NDAs ended, they will talk and talk, <laughs> and that's why we love the show. I mean, I think they're all fine all now, right. though, so. I don't no, know. Of course. I okay. mean, it's a pressure cooker. It it happens. Yeah. It's it. You're not gonna love everybody, and you're gonna need time to heal and have conversations. And that's just what happens. Some people, it doesn't work out. We we've seen what's happened with the cast of uh, Drag Race UK five. Um, apparently, time does not heal those wounds. Um, because Vicky and Banksy do not speak. Oh, I didn't know that. Ooh. Yeah, did not 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 working. All right, we got two spots left. The one to pick a song is Kitten Caboodle, who will select That Don't Impress Me Much, even though she doesn't want to go up against Melinda. Okay. And last and certainly, but not least, is Kiki Ko, who will do Uninvited in an outfit that does not fit an emo song. She is certainly not invited with that look. <laughs> Let's get through our first performance. Here is how we are going to do things. We will discuss the performance. We will select our winners of each round and see if it aligns with the judges. And then I will share how the audience voted. And I will say we had some very passionate opinions on certain lip syncs. Round one is Melinda vs. Kitten in That Don't Impress Me Much by Alanis Morissette. This is a classic. It is a drag you standard. Mean Shania Twain. That's what I meant. Sorry. I <laughs> that, You're right. Shania Twain. Um, it's a gimmick song, so it's kind of hard to do in a drag race style competition, if that makes sense. I I uh, I don't know. I feel like it's such a classic that you should be able to do it no matter what. I don't know what Kitten does at her gigs, but I feel like she is a classic drag artist, and this style of lip syncing may not be her bread and butter. She's not a stunt queen. What she does is good for her but maybe not in this style of a challenge, which 
sucks because I think she's much better than this specific challenge. Yeah, I 100% agree. I feel like if it had of not, because it was a, a dance remix, I believe. Yeah. I feel like if it was just the normal song, it would have been a lot more of a an even fight. Melinda was good. She had a little more flair and some tricks. Were they timed well? Not really. That's going to be a thing I'm going to be mentioning a couple times. <laughs> they both knew the song well, but Melinda really had the song in her. That spin into the chorus for Melinda was a very neat trick, but the timing of it made me furious because it just was not properly placed. If that makes sense. Yeah. The- she did a trick for trick's sake. Yeah, that it happens. <laughs> Any other thoughts on this lip sync? I mean, I, every episode before this, I was like, I don't get it. I don't get, I don't get Melinda, but maybe I will. And then I saw the viewing party and I met her and I was like, I am, she she is the fantasy. She is the moment. I am obsessed with Melinda Verga now. She's so yeah, nice. Um, oh, I love her. She Mother is a Melinda. fantastic drag character, drag race character. Now, because they have judges, they have some things to say because they're contractually obligated to open their mouths. Tracy says, a red hot look to Melinda, a red hot performance, and that she burned up the stage. Brad says they had some high kicks, some splits. He says she gave them the full meal deal. Winnie says that she can split in the middle and do parts jiggle. And Brooklyn says she loved the way she connected with them and that she didn't let them out of her gaze for a second. Kitten will be judged, and Brad will say she was fun to watch and loved her kickball change, as it will always get him. Brooklyn says that every time she sees her perform, she's always impressed. She says she had such a youthful energy. And Winnie says she loved the performance and calls it so much fun. Brooklyn has decided the winner is Melinda Verga. Kitten Caboodle is in the bottom. I will ask you first. Do you agree? I think so. I, I mean, yeah, I, I think this one was right. Was not the most even matchup, and I mean, but they did it to themselves. Um, but yeah, Melinda kind of ate her up a little bit. Now, do you know what Kitten does at her gigs? Is she a singing queen? Does she do lip syncs? I mean, I mean, I feel like she's told us that she's very much a, a '70s showgirl that has Broadway in her bun bones. I'm going to be honest, I don't know if I had ever seen a, a video of her before uh, this season. So That's fair. Uh, yeah, because yeah, you think she's such a great performer, but she wasn't the strongest at the art of lip syncing, which is interesting. I Yeah, I wonder if she definitely does more of like a, a, a Broadway type of show. Mm-hmm. All right, here is how the listeners voted. 79% to Melinda Verga, 21% to Kitten, as that was their winner pick. Melinda, are you ready I for agree. our next battle? Yes. Aurora Matrix versus Denim. The song is I'm Not Here to Make Friends. Not really a song I would have thought for a lip sync, but it's still a good track. Oh, I honestly, after hearing it, I was like, if I, I mean, I'm assuming they knew all the songs going in, I might have also chosen this one. It's great. Aurora was made for this. She is a dynamic performer. Denim is really a great drag artist, but I don't think I would put in the top tier lip syncers, especially of this cast. 
That being said, she would beat a lot of the other girls. Going up yeah. against Aurora was just a losing battle. But yeah, unfortunately for her. I think she put up an incredible fight. Like, if any of them yeah. were the closest to both of them being safe, it was this one. Denim trying to kick after Aurora was so cute. Very misguided. I don't know what she tried to do it because it was like, oh my god. But Aurora just exuded sex and fire. She made it look easy, especially when she was getting into that center split. I was like, oh, this girl knows what she's doing. Yeah. And then Denim was like, yeah, she was like, how about I fuck the floor and hump the floor and try to split randomly? It wasn't enough once Aurora searched for that duck walk. Once she got that, it was it was done. It was, yeah, she, she got her in the end. All right, here are the critiques for Aurora. Tracy says she needs to go to the ATM to get some tip money. She says she gave them hair flips and steamy and sexual and sexy. Brooklyn says she is definitely taking the red pill. She loves its effortless and loves her as a performer. Winnie says that tick, 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 boom, split was everything. And Brad says it was hot and she was lighting up the stage. For Denim, Tracy says she is not clowning around. Winnie says she was so much fun to watch and made her ecstatic to see how much fun she was having. Brooklyn says it's an intensity they have not seen from her in this competition and had no idea she had all those tricks up her sleeves. Brooklyn has decided the winner of the lip sync is Aurora. Denim is at the bottom. Do you agree? I do. She ate her up. Same, I agree. The audience on our side with this one, 89% Aurora for the win, 11% Denim. Let's keep this show going. We have our main event. Are you ready? It's Amy Yonsei Chanel versus Near Enough. The song Whoop. is Fever Dreamer. I had never heard of this song before, had you? No. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, This was an assault. As much as Amy wanted it, she was out of her league here. Nero was giving you sex and passion, and that hair was swaying in all the right ways. I think the song was not the strongest track to show range, but Nero found ways to place the tricks in properly. I think having knowing what Amy could do already, Nira didn't have to show off everything she was capable of, because why waste it now? She was going to beat her anyway. She she knew going into it. She was like, yeah, whatever. It's this is a Wednesday for Nero. She eats this like this every week. She's she's too good. It's annoying. How many how many times did she perform this song once she got back? Uh, none. I don't. I, I don't. I don't even know if she did it at the viewing party because I think she did. Um, she did the. I'm not here to make friends. Maybe she did this as well. Mm-hmm. I I think uh, she's been waiting to perform this because it's. A, a like very long track and she needs to get a, a shorter cut of it gotcha what else for this lip sync give, give me your thoughts i mean the, the effortless way that she just eats her up is is so mira the outfit is oh, it's so gorgeous and it's so heavy oh my god that outfit is so heavy and just the, the near enough way that she can put a belt on everything and it looks incredible it's annoying. I've tried it. It doesn't work for me. <laughs> no, I can't do it. No, I try, I try a little belt and it it doesn't really do much. What was that a human unit? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's uh, it, it a Mirage. Like it. mm-hmm. I think it's 30, 32 inches. 
It's gorgeous. Here are the critiques for Nira. Tracy says this was unbelievable, and if she is fever dreaming, she doesn't want to wake up. Brooklyn says that she understands the power of stillness. She says they have seen splits and cartwheels, but it was the moments that she stops and just slowly, it was important in the performance. Brad says it was almost like watching a gymnast kind of prepare for a floor routine as she was looking for the open spaces and preparing for her tricks. Winnie says she is such a splits girl and is still learning some tricks. Nira will go into brat mode and says that she will teach her and Amy at the same time. Listen, (laughs) it wasn't necessary, but did we expect anything else right there? It was a joke. (laughs) She kicked her when she was down. It was it was so funny. It was. It was high camp. Near as high camp and nobody is acknowledging it. Brad says she got dad so hot for Amy that he might need to take that shower now. He says she gave it all and was so great to see her shining in the way that they know she can. Brooklyn says it was so hypnotizing and Winnie says she almost had her getting a rah uh, that was all nice words of saying you tried, honey, but no, no. <laughs> Brooklyn's decided the winner is Nira. Amy's in the bottom. Do you agree? A hundred percent. And also, I will say it again. Brooklyn Heights said, Nira, you're so comfortable and you're still this. I've been saying that to her since day one. I've always oh, known it. So you're going to have some words with Miss Heights. No, I'm just saying we agree. I just said it first. Well, I know, <laughs> but you, you said it first. and and But you're not going to get the credit for it, are you? No, it's fine. I'll get my credit when I win the season. Ooh. All right, here we go. The audience, 90% Nira, 10% Amy. Period. Our final battle in this round. It's Venus and Kiki in Uninvited. I love this song. It's so haunting. It's a great song to show versatility in a stunt-free performance. Venus just had an immediate connection to the song, so it was hers. Kiki... She looks like a bird. I couldn't get over it. <laughs> yeah. I it to that. Oh. Like a lot. Venus had this in she had this intensity that was very mesmerizing. And I do think Kiki did fine, but she just didn't live in the words as much. She didn't have the same emotional connection. And when the music int- intensifies. Venus is going to take the walk to the back of the stage, spin around on that final note, and that's how you do it. That's how you interpret a song and give us storytelling. I think for me, this was my favorite lip sync of this first round. Honestly, I, I enjoyed this one, but it was it was so... Like, Venus just ate her up so much, but it was still a little... No, like I, it was great, but I, I maybe it's just the song. I, I don't know. I was kind of like, okay, that's fair. All right, here is what the judges said. First for Kiki, Brad says that he loves the contrast of this look with the song. He said, "Oh, girl, she's got to work a little bit harder." Brooklyn yeah. says that she is very dramatic queen in every sense of the word, from her clothes to her performances, and says that it was really beautiful to see her lay it all on stage. For Venus, Brooklyn says. She can tell she was performing it from a very deeply personal place. She says it was very, very raw and saw a different side of Venus that she hasn't seen. Tracy says it was haunting and emotive and gorgeous. And Winnie says it was so interesting to see how they both took it and made it their own. She got Broadway star and rock star. Brooklyn has decided the winner is Venus. Kiki is in the bottom. Do you agree? Yeah, it, it was it was yeah, a clean sweep. I agree. Audience, 83% for Venus, 17% for Kiki. 
Let's get our next round underway. Four queens will turn to two because we are doing a positive thing and having the winners continue on. Yay! First up is Melinda vs. Aurora. The song is Boys Wanna Be Her by Peaches. Uh, more of this, please. Give us a real Lady Rock. I love Lady Rock. Wait, is this the same Peaches that has the Sex on the Beaches Peaches song? I don't know. Maybe That, that would be crazy. Also, isn't this song in Mean Girls? I think so. Or House Bunny, one of the two. I was like, I didn't know this was uh, The song is incredible. Yeah, it's so good. They both look the part, but this was going to be about which style do you prefer and which artist do you believe more? And for me, there was really one answer to this. Aurora was sexy and hot and intense. She was a rocker chick. Melinda was trying so hard, but she looks like your aunt at a concert of an artist from her youth, and it it, it just was not living up to the coolness anymore. <laughs> she tried. The walk that Aurora had that led into that dip kick, I was sold. Um, despite perhaps the answer we're going to find out later, she could be the assass- the lip sync assassin of the season. Maybe, perhaps. But can we talk about that jump kick from Melinda? Are we sure she's still alive? <laughs> I, I, I saw her last week. She is alive. And okay. well. How did she get up? Did she need a forklift? <laughs> it looked like she slammed her body down. Maybe the padding helped. Maybe, because they, they cut straight away. It's like, oh no. Queen down. What did you think? They just get to the end of the lip sync and she's still on the floor. I mean, I Aurora won <laughs> when she did the air guitar with the leg. She ate this up. It's true. It was true. And the outfit, All right, here are the uh, comments. For Aurora, Tracy says, this girl wants to be her and her and nothing gets her like an air guitar with a leg. Brooklyn says she quite honestly didn't know where to look. Brad says it was like watching two sticks of dynamite ready to explode. He says that she embodied the spirit of the song, but also made it theatrical. Winnie says the aura was everything was so obsessed. For Melinda, Brooklyn says she believes she was at a rock show. Tracy says just incredible and energetic. And Brad says he feels like that she picks a character for songs and then she acts it out. Brooklyn has decided the winner is Aurora with Melinda being safe now. Do you agree? A hundred percent. I agree. In the audience... They're also, I think, slightly feeling the Melinda Virgo experience. 72% for Aurora, 28% for Melinda. Period. <laughs> Next is Nira vs. Venus. The song is Pull Up by Keys and Crates featuring Javier Mighty. Another track I was very unfamiliar with. What is with Canadian music? Y'all are crazy. It's, uh, I think we're running out of uh, of mainstream artists. I mean, do we have to go back to Justin Bieber? I would love that. <laughs> I Beauty and the Beast, I wanted it so bad. <laughs> I, right. I, I know that they took your song. You're very upset by it. Um, is there another Bieber track you can tackle? Oh, my God. Baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep it from the original vault, though. Like, any of That's the fair. any of the original mistletoe for a little Christmas episode? Or Little Drummer Boy? Ooh. <laughs> I'm here for it. Let's discuss. This was a hot girl song, and they both like to play that role. I love that Venus is giving you cheerleader in that look. 
and it feels like that type of song for that look. I think Nira leaned a little more into a delicate performance and gave a strong technical performance. The editing was quite interesting as they showed them individually a lot, but then we get that little duo moment where they're both on all fours trying to be the video Vixen Ho. I was like, oh, they, they know what they're doing. They, they know what they're doing. I was going to give this performance to Venus until the end where something shifted. She either got in her head or started to feel the fatigue as a performer. Something just dipped and gave a very passive energy. Did you notice something like that? I don't know if I, I, I feel like I, whole time it was zero for me. She, like, it was so technical and it was so correct that I was like, and I I don't see her do that super often anymore that I was, I, I was so like entranced by it. I love when she just dances. Yeah. Venus, her critiques. Brooklyn says that might be one of the hardest lip sync songs she has ever heard as it was wordy. She says amazing. And when she is in something, she is in it and commits a hundred percent. Tracy says that she is on this cheerleading squad now, and Winnie says she was giving the Nicki Minaj blank and says it was so animated and so full of life. Nira's critiques, Tracy says she has this shimmy and elegance. Brooklyn says that the way she moves her body is so seductive and loves watching her perform. Brad says it's incredible to see from week one to where she is now. The girls better watch out. Brooklyn has decided the winner is Nira. Venus is safe. Do you agree? 100%. I agree as well. The audience. 66% Nira, 34% Venus. <gasps> That's crazy. Interesting. <laughs> well, now we're going to find out who is going to win the lip sync slay off extravaganza. We have Aurora versus Nira performing the song Black Velvet by Alana Miles. What a brilliant song. I love it. Oh my God. So good. And I can never perform Have you performed this track before? <laughs> I was going to. I had a show that was. Uh, I, I may or may not have heard from the internet or something that this song was done by my sister and my friend. Um, and I had a show that was like fabric themed, very weirdly. And I was like, oh, I should do Black Velvet, like, while well, I still have a chance. And then I listened to it and I was like, there's a lot of words. There are. And there's a lot and of <laughs> musical interludes that you got to just sex it up the entire time. Yeah, uh, I ended up doing Blue Velvet by Lana Del Rey instead. <laughs> of course, of course. They both gave a sensuality that was really, really fun to watch. Aurora had more theatricality in performance. And again, once again, Nira had a lot more technicality. I've said it many times before on the podcast, but I really do think Brooklyn has a type of performer she prefers, prefers watching. And Nira is that performer. I, they, they're both technical dancers, too, so. Yeah. I think I might have preferred Aurora's storytelling a little bit more, because I love a good storyteller. Now, I mentioned it before, and I'm going to discuss it again. Tricks and stunt timing. I need it to fit the track. I don't know if Nira's somersault was placed perfectly, and at first I didn't think Aurora's cartwheel was placed right until she arrived in that split right when the chorus hit. That's how you make a moment happen. That, but oh, the oh, the near does those somersaults. It's it's so good. It's so clean. I tried to do it once. Oh, it is and absolutely. After after Nira came up to me, and she said, "Are you okay?" And I said, "Yeah, I'm fine." Why? And she said, "You hit your back really hard." And I said, "Oh, did I? <laughs> Was it that noticeable?" And she said, 
Yeah. Yeah. This lip sync was all about taste, but regardless, it was a good lip sync because the yes. judges were on their feet. They got their life. Um, I definitely already put it on one of my potential top lip syncs of the year. <gasps> wow. High rankings. And, well, I have to cut it down again because of what? 35,000 seasons of Drag Race in 2023? I think it's 36,000 now. Yeah. 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 Brooklyn <laughs> has decided the winner is Nira. Aurora is safe. Do you agree? I agree. And I'll tell you why. And nobody's. Tell me why. I haven't seen anyone else say this. I think there is a lot to be said about following the tempo of a song. And I think Aurora mm-hmm. was just going a little too fast. I think she was doing a lot and she was doing it well, but I just, I think Nira was feeling the tempo of the song a lot more, which made me connect to the song a lot more. And I am biased, but I'm biased towards them both because I love them both. But I think Nira ate her up a little bit. I'm going to give it to Aurora and the audience. (laughs) Are you ready? Are you ready for this one? (sighs) I'm scared. 55% Nira, 45% Aurora. Okay, okay. I thought it was going to be the other way. It I, I just think proves, she technically... It just proves it was a good lip sync. Yeah, I, because I don't know if I've two ever seen queens, Yeah, when two queens can split a vote like that and there isn't a clear winner, yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. With Nira winning, she has also won a luxury vacation for two to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, courtesy of Air Canada. Oh, and the Golden Beaver. Tana, so when are you going to Mexico? I'm not. <laughs> she. This is her honeymoon. Oh, that's so cute. For her. Okay, fine. Good for her. I know. Every time she wins something, I'm like, I wait. I'm like, maybe she'll, maybe she'll give me something. I, I got some got to be products. That was great. <laughs> oh, I mean, listen, when you become the fucking poster child for got to be, not a bad gig. I'm, I'm proud Did of Did she her. know I... that she was going to be the poster girl? No, that came after. They uh, they liked the photo so much that they were like, <laughs> girl, we're going to put this on billboards. I was like, oh, I'm so it. proud of her. The bottom four queens are Amy, Kitten, Denim, and Kiki. They are all up for elimination, but... Nira can save one of the queens from lip syncing for their lives. Now, we know that Nira would be the best person to hold the fate of the queens and alliances in her hands. We will find out soon that this power will be over this week, which had me a little bit questionable. I was like, okay, interesting. Would you have preferred another set of lip syncs to determine an actual bottom two or bottom three? Because I know we had to do the double elimination. Um, or did you like it this way? I th- I th- I think they might have kind of shot themselves in the foot and not realized mathematically what they were doing, and that could have been because of a certain number situation that happened. But um, I I feel like it it was a little bit unfair with like if you lose one lip sync, there's a. 50% chance of you going home? Yeah. With four of them, that's and two of them going home, like, I feel like they weren't really given enough of a chance to fight. But I think mathematically, I there really wasn't any way that they could do more lip syncs and then not have the Golden Beaver in effect. So, 
they could have done two bottom two lip syncs and whoever lost those were going home, but then the Golden Beaver wouldn't have worked and they could have taken it out this episode, but that probably would have felt like not not great for Nira. So I don't know. I mean, Unless they the gave her the power to choose, but like who lip syncs. The, the show basically said that'll do. <laughs> not that'll do. That'll do. That'll do. All right, the queens head back to the workroom, and Nira is living for her victory. She is in the top six and feels so good. Nira has a hard decision, as it's not just one girl going home. She says it's funny how the tables have turned. She says she has been safe the whole competition and now has power. She was in the bottom ones, right? Yeah, I was like, that. that okay, girl. <laughs> that, it was a sound clip. It was a sound clip. Actually incorrect, but sure. <laughs> Amy is feeling so fake right now with Nira. She knows she's not getting saved. Now, Nira will go at a very interesting angle and ask if there is anyone that is confident enough to go into the lip sync, and it was crickets. Did she think anyone's actually going to volunteer? I think she might have thought Kiki would have been like, well, I know I'm going to have to. She's been saved twice. Yeah. I mean, again, mathematically, as you just spoke about, that's putting yourself in the lip sync doesn't is not the odds you want to have. No, yeah, I I think if I had ended up in this this situation, I would have probably had a meltdown. Amy, she and Nira had a thing before, but she says it's in the past. Now they're besties. Uh, <laughs> at least she has jokes too. <laughs> Melinda will say that this is an opportunity to prove not just to them but to the judges that they deserve to be there. I'm sorry, did what win really get to this lady's head? We're, we They have to prove themselves to Melinda? <laughs> I mean, uh. Mother Melinda is mothering. <laughs> Amy says she proved last week, which Denim is like, then why are you in the bottom? Ooh, feisty Denim. Great facts, though. But bratty Denim, Denim is about to be unlocked. She is pissed to be in the bottom as she felt her lip sync was fucking fierce. She is so scared because she knows Nira won't consider anyone's feelings as she does not give a shit. She is going to play what will work in her favor. Which is a very interesting thing for Denim to say because I don't think we've seen that that kind of relationship between the two of them. Like, I knew on paper, like, the, hands down, Denim saves. Like, there's no other option. I, I, it was definitely kind of an out-of-left-field comment for me. I was like, I also, I don't know, I know how close they are now. But maybe they weren't at that right. part of the competition. But also, like, they had the love bug thing. Like, I was like, it's a no-brainer. Like, Dad Denim's getting saved. So I was like, I don't Speaking know. Speaking of... Con- considers people's feelings all the time. Yeah. She's a very Well, and that's person. what I'm wondering is, are, are we seeing a very specific narrative for Nira? I think maybe. I, I think they're kind of... Uh... People keep saying she's a pot star, but I think she's just, she likes to bring up what people are too scared to say. And I think Denim does the same thing. Absolutely. It's, absolutely. it's being painted differently for Nero. Now, speaking of the love bugs, previously some ladies were upset when people spoke their feelings for the bottom queens, but the love bugs are going to come to the defense of Denim and say she should be saved. Aurora says that Denim has a lot to offer and her track record speaks for itself. The Alliance is present. Venus wants Nira to save Denim as it makes sense. We're not shocked here. 
we knew that the alliance was real. Yeah, which is I, why I coming earlier from Nira about Melinda and Kiki, and it's gross that they have this friendship thing. <coughs> the other side did the same thing, so it was very interesting that they placed Nira's confessional at the start of this episode. I think maybe she meant though. Um, they're they're like because I, I think they were friends before this. I think she meant they're like their sure. friendship, as opposed to gotcha. like, they had made a friendship in the competition. And an alliance, which I, yeah. Kitten says that she has a lot to, more to offer and a lot more to show. There's acting, which she has fun. She loves improv. And Nira's like, well, that makes you sound like a threat. I mean, she's <laughs> not wrong. Nira claims she wants to use the Golden Beaver in a way that will take out the people taking up space. Very big, mighty words. Would you say that... The other three, aside from denim, are taking up space. Maybe, maybe one, maybe two. Uh, I mean, maybe on the on the racks of clothing. <laughs> That's fair. Space. Nira says that there is a lot of competition in the competition. So then, why not take out the competition? Kiki does not expect to be saved again, as has happened twice. She is still there and has something in her and wants to be there. She thinks denim might use it on her as that girl. Nira likes to stir the pot. Even the girls are feeling that way. <laughs> Denim will say that she feels like she's the least deserving in the bottom, and if she wants to sabotage her, it's Nira's choice, but she will help her out in the future if she helps her. Uh, sounds like an alliance. It's aligning. Well, the smart girls are smart. Denim will say to the room that she was told she will never achieve her dreams because of her disability, and she is surprising herself and wants to keep going. She thinks she will continue to slay. And Nira will say that she knows all the people in the bottom can put on a show. Time to put on another one. Nira is loving the power. She knows that Kitten is funny and can sew and has the judges by the balls. Denim has been consistently in the top, and she knows that a win is coming for her. She says that Kiki has been saved twice already, which she says is a mistake on the girl's part because her looks are better than all of them. Or she can fuck shit up and save Amy and make a threat go home. Okay, we're going to discuss her decision in a moment. But I have a massive, massive hypothetical right now. Uh Uh-huh. If Nira had to give the golden beaver to Nada, Farah, or Tana, who would get it? I mean, I would like to hope and pray that she would give it to me because we're sisters, <laughs> and she wants to see her sissy thrive, but... No, I feel... Uh... I don't know, because if it, if it came down to then the other two lip-syncing, I think it would... I think she would think about that. I think it. I think it would have to depend on the lip sync song because if it was something that was like super like unfair to one of us, I think she would give the golden beaver to that person. Because if it was like musical theater, she would probably be like, "Okay, Tana, like fair or not, I'd like love that." And I, I don't know, I'm a musical theater too, but I feel like she'd be like, oh, "They've been, they've been on their musical theater journey for years." But if it was like a ballad. I, no, actually, she's saving me. She's my sister. She's saving me. There I it is. My mom's not gonna lip sync, but she's saving me. <laughs> I would like to hope and pray. 
We are back. Let's see what Miss Nuff does. She will save Denim from the chomping block, leaving Amy, Kitten, and Kiki to lip sync. Do you agree? Was this the best decision for Nira? 100%. I would have done the same thing. Also, why do they keep calling it a chomping block? I thought it was a chopping block. Or is it just some weird because thing? Because it's a beaver. It's a, it's, a play on, it's a play on words because the beavers chomp wood. Oh. I know. It's really bad. It's one of the worst puns. Just like, oh. I'll be damned. Terrible pun. She it's says it with a straight face, so I give Brooklyn all the credit. Chomping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. The song is I Will Love Again by Lara Fabian. And yes, for those who forget, she is technically also Canadian, even though she is also very well known in Belgium. She's Belgium oh. Canadian. Yeah. Oh. And it is a brilliant song to lip sync to. And friends, no, it is not Celine Dion. I know they sound very similar. It is not Celine Dion. Are you surprised we had no Celine Dion in this uh, slay off? I just, I don't know if we can. Or we. I'm like, I don't know if we at Canada's Drag Race. Um, I don't know if, if maybe it's a, an affording thing. I feel like there's. Maybe. Or they're saving it for the finale again. <laughs> uh, who knows? We'll find I definitely out. don't. When the song picks up the pace, Kiki gives. I don't know what Kitten was doing, but her fight was not there, which broke me down because I really love her. And I feel like if we didn't have a slay-off, I think she might have stampeded to the end with the next few challenges likely coming, especially knowing what the next fucking challenge is. Yeah. Amy was out of her element with this song. (laughs) She was there. She was there. Uh. It was very like what oh, and Charlie Hyde just like just dancing. They were like, Charlie, what are yeah. you doing? Yeah. The passion that Kiki brought proves that she does have a lot of stage prowess. Um let's talk about the way it was all presented. Did you feel like they all got equal time, or do you think it veered or maybe two out of three. I mean, I think it was definitely that they, I think they were showing Kiki and Kitten the most, but like, it's I so agree. hard not to focus on Kiki. When somebody, you can tell she's just on the verge of tears the entire lip sync. She is working yeah. so hard. She's giving it her all. It's so hard not to watch just her when Amy is like doing whatever she was doing and Kim's kind of standing in one spot. Yeah. Well, let's ask the audience who won the lip sync. Here are the results. 23% Amy on Say Chanel. Okay. 57% Kiki Ko. 20% in Caboodle. Wow. I'm very surprised by those results. I I don't know. He would have swept. I did too. I so I'm very curious to find out how we got to that result. Um, I'm surprised that Kitten was lower than Amy personally, but that's the beauty of drag and that's the beauty of art is art is subjective. You see things, you view things in different ways, and we all have our different opinions. Yeah. And in the end, Kiki is the winner. Yeah. <laughs> Kitten, Caboodle, Amy, Yancey, Chanel are eliminated. And now the big, big shocker here. 
the golden beaver is out. Why do you think we're losing it here? Why not keep going another week? Because you still can play with it. You have a bottom three and, and knock and save one. I feel like it's because it's going to be top three and bottom three next week. That might be why they were like, eh. I, mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's just less fair next week. If, if the, the top three ended up being the love bugs and then, they could save the the last remaining love bug. Like I think it just gets a little, a little too convoluted to continue with it. Did you like the Golden Beaver twist? Do you want to see it again? Uh yes. Why is it not gold? <laughs> I mean, you are you are absolutely correct. Remember the, the I guess platinum the platinum plunger? plunger wasn't platinum either. <laughs> yeah. No. Not at all. Um, do you think we will see this in future seasons or do you think there will be other twists to accompany the next season? Honestly, I kind of hope it stays. I think it's kind of set Canada apart. It's, uh, given it's, it's really brought up more interesting TV for us. And I think it's also brought up our Mm -hmm. viewership and like, this is the highest rated season of Canada so far. So I think it's good to kind of continue with twists. I think this is a great twist. Well, it's really interesting because I know yeah, in previous seasons, a lot of people have definitely been um, curious to see how the judges get to the result of who of the bottom three would be lip syncing. I think this took it out of their hands and made the audience feel like, oh, we're getting drama, but we're also maybe going to approve of the decisions uh, a little more. Um, because I remember last season, if anyone goes back to any of those recaps, like I, I got furious many times by who Brooklyn was saving. I was like, this just doesn't make sense from the show that I'm on. But as much as I wish this was more of an all-star style twist, yes, you're right. It, it got people watching. It got people excited. And it gave us possibly, we'll see how my listeners vote, one of the biggest iconic moments of the entire year. So sometimes you got to try things out and sometimes it's six, sometimes it doesn't. I think, I think it works now. I, I think it's good. Will we and see, it's, it's low stakes. Will we see any future franchises try to implement their own version of the golden beaver? What would it be for other countries? Like the, <laughs> what's the, is there like a, a medal that starts with K for like kangaroo or W for wallaby. For um, I don't know. <laughs> what the, animal? The white wallaby. That? The white wallaby. There it is. We'll find out. <laughs> I got some burning questions to wrap this podcast up. Are you ready? I'm ready. What are Amy and Kitten's legacy? Uh, Nita is a fucking bitch. For sure. That's iconic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you even wearing a panty? I yeah. think she yeah. just said so many funny things in that fight. Um, and towels. Towels all day, mama. Yeah. Kitten, I think... Will she, be getting, like, will she be getting towels from every fan at DragCon when she goes? God, I hope not. That would be heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I think Kitten's legacy is that she's probably going to be on All-Stars, honestly. And she's incredible. Kitten was, I think, possibly the most surprising contestant on Drag Race in a very long time because, yeah, yeah, there there is unfortunately a preconceived notion about age in drag. And I think a lot of fans at first, like, 
pushed her aside. Oh, she's not going to be great. She's going to be a novelty out the first episode. But she proved that she's still got it and she is a strong, dominating drag artist. Um, I, I'm very excited. And, and yeah, I think if this challenge didn't happen, she probably could have been in the finals because she is a very well-rounded drag artist. I want to see her do a more Broadway standard at lip sync because I think that's more her bread and butter. Yeah, I I think that her, I th- like and being the ol- the oldest queen ever on Drag Race, I believe, and kind of eating up all the other people in that category except for maybe like Tisha yeah. and Long. But those two both just showed that like if you show up and you just talk about how oh, you're an older queen, so you can't do all the things these other girls can do. You can pivot. You can do everything. They they showed that they're strong. It's true. All right. It's a Brooklyn Rusical. Who do you think will slay, and who gets to play the role of Miss Vanjie? <laughs> Probably Vanjie. Isn't she a guest judge? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Not. I don't know who's that. last season. Oh no, Lu- uh, uh, Luann. Countess Luann is next week. Countess Luann. Um, I hope that they all do well. I don't actually. I don't. I don't know who's going to do well. I don't know who's going to do poorly. But all I can hope is that have you, my sister is. Have still you here. ever? Have you ever heard your sister sing musical theater? Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, that's not convincing. Oh god. Um, I think it's pre-recorded. Oh, good, good, because we can all go back to um, our Bing Bang Bong clowns, because that was not pre-recorded. True, yeah. I, I would love a live, was... live vocal scan, but I feel like it's going to be pre-recorded. Yeah, probably. I think after that, when they're like, nope, that was a bad experiment. Go back, go back. <laughs> yeah. After six episodes, the winner of the season is, now based on what you've seen, tell us who you think could win. I think the winner of the season is near enough. Of course. I'm of biased. Course or Aurora. Of Major. course. One of my besties. <laughs> I, I am going to go with Aurora. I, I think she is right now very much a sleeper. She is proving that she is very, very well versed in the game of Drag Race and as a drag artist. Um, I think the one thing that I think someone like Venus could overtake her is Venus just has this presence when especially when it comes to the runways. Um, I don't think she should have been on the top last week for the snatch game, but she has a very, very good track record as well. Um, but there's also denim. Like this is this is a, an exciting cast right now. Um, I mean, I can tell you two people who are not winning. Um that's <laughs> Kiki and Melinda, but Melinda's winning at life, isn't she? Mother Melinda is mothering. That's all I could say. <laughs> I mean, I would just—I would love to know her brain right now and be—and and she anticipated any of this because she probably didn't. Oh, I don't think so. She and she she fully was saying the other day that she still works a day job, so she she's been barely seeing what's on, online about her. She gets most of her updates from the other girls in their group chat, and she was like, "Yeah, apparently, like Alaska is obsessed with me. I just found that out earlier today," and I was like. Well, all we know is when they do uh, Drag Race Philippines All-Stars versus the world, she's on it. I mean, with Stephanie Prince, probably. Oh, absolutely. And Kiki, they can all do it. Yeah. Three Kiki girls, we love it. 
Where can we find you on social media? Any money payment style apps and any projects you want to plug? I uh, on Instagram, I'm just at Tananuff, T-A-N-A-N-U-F-F, and then most other uh, social media platforms, I'm Tana underscore Nuff underscore. Uh, and if you if you want to Venmo, PayPal, I I don't actually know if we have Venmo in Canada, but uh, it's all linked in my bios on my link tree. Um, I don't really have anything in the works right now because I'm. I'm doing a musical out of drag and my January is pretty full of that. That sounds like in Calgary. <laughs> I'm here for it. Well, thank you so much for being here. You're brilliant as always. Thank you.